You are listening to the regular version of Sexy Marriage Radio, smrnation.com. You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex happens in the marriage bed. Here's your host, Dr. Corey Allen. Well, to those of you in the SMR Nation that live here in the States, happy Thanksgiving. Yeah. Uh, gobble, gobble week. Gobble, here, gobble week. Here in the nation as we're spending the time with family. We hope you are too. And perhaps you're listening to this en route. And if so, travel safe. Mm-hmm. Um, take advantage of the free coffee if they're offering that at state lines at the rest areas every so often. Right. That used to be around. I don't know if that's still a thing. And make the calories that you eat count. Or just have a whole lot of fun and eat some really good stuff. Well, there's that too. <laughs> there's that too. Well, this is Sexy Marriage Radio, where we are so honored that you join us each and every week and you let us know what's going on. And the way you do that is you call us at 214-702-9565, or you can email us, feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. And we mentioned before, last week, that yeah. uh, there's a couple other two-day quick mini-conferences coming yes. up. Yes. Um, so save the date, February 4th and 5th. And March 25th and 26th. Here in McKinney, Texas. Yes. And we'll yep. give you more details, but save the date. At this point, that's what we want you to do. So if you want to come, it's free, but we'll give you a whole lot more details of what's going to be going on. But save the dates uh, in 2022. If you want to come, do a quick deep dive and save be a part the of the audience. Deep dive, a, a, a nice date for you mm-hmm. and your spouse. If you um, live in the DFW area or nearby, please come. It'd be just drive on in. But if you want to come in yeah. from other parts of the country, feel free. But we'll give you more details next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, but save those dates. So coming up on today's fr- free regular version of Sexy Marriage Radio um, and the extended version of Sexy Marriage Radio, we're pulling out a episode from the archives just because this time of the year, what we've got going on... Mm-hmm. Um, we're pulling out one of the favorites from yeah. in the past. And this is one where, for a bulk of the episode, Dr. Lori Mintz joins me again, mm-hmm. where we're talking about her work and her book on Too Tired for Sex. Yeah. And so there's also, in the free version, there's a couple of uh, segments. She's only on one, and then we do one. But this is one that's uh, in the top 10 as far as download numbers. And so we figure it's worth sharing it again because... Sometimes when you think about the holiday seasons, you just get tired. You do. So we want to help head that off at the pass where don't be too tired for sex, though. It's enough already, and it just needs some sleep. Oh, that's coming up on today's show. Hey there. I'm a new listener to the show. I've really enjoyed it so far. I've already picked up a number of tips, I suppose, that will be helpful in my sexual relationship with my wife. I'm just calling in because... Uh, going back to some of the older episodes, I'm kind of backtracking here. Got to um, number 376, someone has to lead. And you make a comment in there about how, as part of that leading process, if he wants oral sex, he should just go for it. And the onus is on the wife to say no. I'm a rape crisis counselor, and hearing that made me very uncomfortable. I've got no doubts that you and Pam have the best of intentions in saying that. And I would like to think that your audience being interested in this topic, um, particularly 
sexy marriage radio is more informed than the general public. Unfortunately, my experience in working with victims of sexual assault is that there is a very much a sense of entitlement within men that we get to do whatever we want and there is a problem with the woman if they say no, if they don't want it. And if they don't speak up, then that's tacit permission to do whatever they want and that's not legal and not the case. Um, so I was just wondering if you could circle back around, maybe clarify that or uh, even talk about just that topic of consent within marriage and how that remains an important part of the marital sexual relationship. Uh, thanks for putting it on the show, and I hope I get to hear my question on there. Again, I love the fact that the Sex Emerge Nation is so engaged. Yeah. And and brings up things that are like, wait, when, in my circumstance with the population I work with, um, I don't, that advice, be careful with it. And I totally understand what he's saying. Right, right. I mean, the the conversation I think we're having, correct me if I'm wrong, Corey, is not, um, we were wanting to open those lines of people talking, right? Mm-hmm. And so hopefully husband and wife, there's some communication is what's acceptable on one side of the table and what's acceptable on the other side of the table. And it's also, there's a little bit of an assumption that there's not, um, well, there's sexual trauma that all kinds of people have had in their lives, Absolutely. whether it's actually rape or it's just abuse, other abuse mm-hmm. you name it across the board. So there's certainly, hopefully within that marriage relationship, there's an understanding of the past that your spouse has had as well. Sure. So and fill us in on what you are thinking on that. That so regard, so the premise deeper. of that entire episode was someone has to lead. Mainly is the idea that sex does not happen by accident. Mm-hmm. And some of the ways us nice guys, because I would consider myself a recovering nice guy, because that's Dr. Glover's work, yeah. and where you try to be very subtle, manipulative, covert to get what you want without asking for it, without seeking it. And one of the things I found in working with a lot of husbands is when you're really timid and you're trying to read the signs and and not necessarily ask for permission, but ask for what you want in more timid, subtle ways, that's a that's a desire killer. That's a it, it just squashes things. Mm-hmm. It takes away some of the rawness of us and the power. Of us, because I believe a wife is responsive. I think a wom- women are designed to be responsive in general, okay. not aggressive. Men are the ones that are more aggressive, and that's kind of what he's alluding to. Because there's been, there is definitely a lean in the society of men have an entitlement m- mantra that's been changed and challenged a lot lately in our culture with the Me Too movement that's been going, and it's been an empowering of women. And an encouraging of people to speak up. But the premise of what I was saying on if you want something, just go for it, is built on the idea that the both people involved are respected and honored. And that if there is a no, it's honored as a no. Mm-hmm. Because no is always no, in my mind. Yeah. And in marriage and in any other relationship, if you say no, 
it's honored. And if it's not, you take the steps that are necessary that you can to address it. Yeah. To remove yourself, to move on, to come back to it. And in marriage, the sophistication of that relationship allows a lot more conversation, which is what you're describing, of I can not only bring in my past and here's what's going on and here's where this is going to be some trigger points, some pain points, some issues that this is going to likely happen Mm -hmm. based on what's happened in me. So hopefully you'll be respectful and honoring and gentle around these areas. But there's still an element of I believe marriage is best when both parties can stand up and claim their power claim their their presence, claim their value, claim their worth mm-hmm. as a human being and not take an entitlement mind to, mindset with the relationship because that's one of the things that I, that comes to my mind from his his question is it, it's his voicemail makes me ask the question of does saying I do mean consent? I would say no. <laughs> I would say no as well, but I think sometimes there's a belief of, oh, well, that... Yeah, then not that I have access to everything at any time, but that I have access to sex at any time. Yeah, you you said I do. And that's that's going a little far because in this instance of a male versus a woman, you're invading her body. Mm-hmm. And so it's seeing this as there is an element of needing consent But I think of it more in a marital context, and this is where we might, this might come down differently than what he's kind of pointing out. Because with the culture of, if you are a rape crisis counselor, Mm -hmm. and you're in that culture, there's a lot of times where that stuff is reported later, because you just felt powerless in the moment to say no, or you did say no, and it wasn't even honored, and you were powerless to do anything about it. Because of just the different in physical strength. Okay. In marriage, you still you have more leverage in a sense of hold on, I can still bring some weight to this and and end the relationship if it happens repeatedly, if I'm completely disrespected in that regard. But I love the mindset of if I can if I'm building a marriage on trust of the two people mm-hmm. that if I'm taking a lead and I'm the higher desire and I have more interest in eroticism or adventure or novelty or edgy things, I have to take my cue and trust in my wife to say no in the things she's not interested in. So there is an element of consent sometimes is an unspoken thing. If until you get the information of no. So it's actually not more, not really consent. It's a, it's a ending of it. It's an altering of it. Okay. So then that brings the question of, um, cause I'm certain that there's, uh, I'm assuming there's listeners out there that, um, they're too timid. Maybe their background says they can't say no. Yep. Right. And so how, how do they address that if they feel like they are being evaded and they're offending a spouse? That's a lot more deep. That's it a is, whole big, the way deeper conversation. The way you're asking that question, Pam, it makes me think 
their concern likely isn't I'm offending my spouse if I say no. It's how do I how do I confront myself to what is it that makes me feel like I can't say no? What is it that's making me feel like I have to be subjected or submissive or powerless? Powerless is really the key, on, right? On these. Because in some instances, we can claim powerlessness when we really do have power. Okay. Right? We do that a lot in life. Where, oh, I'm just stuck. I don't know what to I mean. Let's go a completely different context. How often do you hear your kids, I don't know how to do this? You know, and it's like, hold on. You're not powerless here. Think about it. Pull back. And, and so it's looking at and relying on our ability as humans to, and, and then in the context of a marriage, our ability and the strength of a relationship to have those conversations that in some of those senses, they're not right in the moment. They're, you, you talk about those after the fact, before the fact, as you're doing the state of the union conversations of, you know what, this is a pattern where I felt like you've pushed it too far and you didn't honor my signals or my statement. And so I'm going to have to draw a, a, a more strict boundary to, sh- to show the importance of me in this. And if that's not honored, I may have to get some other people involved as in a counselor, as in someone to help make. I've had some clients that have come in before that I can't trust him because mm-hmm. I said no and he didn't stop. And so we had to reestablish some code between them. And some respect between them because it was one where they got just caught, caught up in the moment. It was like I had no intent of really harming them the way it was came across. Was being received. Right. Okay. And so a lot of that is that does not that is not at all excuse it and that does not at all make it okay. It just makes it to where you you have to address it better. Okay. Because again, a lot of these things when you're talking about consent in marriage. I would have, anytime you're going to start doing something new, I would venture to say it's probably good to get a, an idea of how your spouse is thinking or what they would think about that. Don't just try something new. Yeah, if it's way outside the box. Yeah, I mean- if you're really pushing something, you probably want to say, you know what, hold on, because if you just all of a sudden tie them up and start doing things, it's like, wait, I, I don't feel like it. No, because that's, that's going too far. You've broken the bounds of the relationship in the context of that you've created. But there is still an element, I think it's inherent on each party to claim their power and to be, able to be the ability to say no and the ability to say yes. The art of marriage is really the art of keeping up to date with your partner, of staying on track with your own and each other's life goals as they emerge, exist, and change. It's about supporting each other and staying connected emotionally, intellectually, physically, and spiritually. Marsha Berger, LMFT. A great marriage doesn't happen by accident. Deeper connection with your spouse doesn't happen by accident either. Have you reached the point in your marriage where there's a slow creep of discontent or disconnect? When was the last time you talked with your spouse about anything other than the schedule, work, or kids? What if there was a way to be reminded on a weekly basis to touch base with your spouse? The State of Our Union helps you remember and discover what brought you together in the first place. It's a tool designed to help couples keep the important from being replaced by the immediate. Plus, this works from your own phone. 52 reminders, deepen your conversation, dream, and plan together. Go to smrnation.com forward slash union. Connect on a deeper level 
today. Well, I'm welcoming Lori Mintz back to the show that uh, Dr. Mintz joined us on episode 349, if I remember right, on Becoming Cliterate with her book and the work that she is trying to, let me, tell me if I'm getting this right, Lori, she's trying to um, address the orgasm inequality. Yep, exactly. Close the orgasm gap. Perfect. Yeah. And, and the, whole, the whole premise of that show that we did back then was um, trying to reframe the concept of sex to mo- make it more than just the active intercourse, which I'll give you props for that because I have now jumped on that bandwagon. And anytime I talk about sex, I have a clarification of this is not just intercourse. This is the entire Fantastic. thing. <laughs> oh, yay. So, so your work is inf- infiltrating all throughout the Sexy Marriage Nation. <laughs> I am um, so delighted. Thank you and, for spreading that word. And that was such a great conversation. Uh, that made it to where as soon as that show was done, I immediately wrote you down on a list of Dr. Mintz is joining us again. And so I'm so grateful you're taking some time out to spend a little bit with us again. I'm looking forward to it. And I enjoyed talking to you last time as well. Perfect. And so here's where I want to I want to use your expertise to help kind of frame out some of the concepts and things we talk about on Sexy Marriage Radio. All right. So we're not really going to head towards the becoming clearer as much because we've not that we couldn't talk about that a whole lot more. I, I realize that, but um, I want to go towards your first book, which mm-hmm. uh, you wrote. Uh, it's it's been out a little while, hasn't it? Yes, yeah, since two thousand and nine. Okay, and it's a tired woman's guide to passionate sex. Yes, exactly. Right. And so, where I'm hoping to go uh, with your blessing is. Uh, I want to talk some about just, I want to get your expertise, not necessarily in that arena right off the bat, but then that's where I want to land. Okay. Does that work? And so That works great. This this is an email that came in uh, from one of the listeners of Sexy Marriage Nation that um, she's looking for advice on how can they uh, spice up sex when they're trying to conceive? Because the way she framed it is it's like it's a laboratory scientific experiment because they've had difficulty. And so she's got um, a lot of different things that have come up to where it makes it to where she's got to pee in a cup. She's got to check temperature. She's got to be aware of timing, you know, and it, and it does turn into, it's not romantic. (laughs) And, and, it, I thought, okay, I would love to hear Dr. Mintz's idea of how do you keep romance alive when your sex life has begun to feel like a precisely timed science project? Yeah. Oh, that is a tough one. And my heart goes out to that woman and that couple. Um, and I surely wish them the best um, with this issue we're going to talk about and with conception right. in general. Absolutely. I'll join you on that. Yeah. Um And what she's talking about is really common, that when you're trying to conceive and you're having trouble and it becomes like, you know, a science experiment and you have to do it now and, you know, it's for a purpose and you sort of lose that focus on, oh, this is for pleasure. Right. Um, And I I wish I had a magic bullet for her, um, but... Um, I don't have a like a foolproof magic bullet, but it is a shift of attention and a shift of mindset. Okay. Um, and that is that 
you know, there is no question that she has to keep up with the peeing in the cup and the well-timed and well-orchestrated sex and all that, or intercourse, um, to try to conceive. But what I would try to encourage her and her spouse or partner to do is that when they are actually engaged in the actual act to make focus on mindfulness. And I know we talked a little bit about that mm-hmm. the last show, but basically mindfulness is where your head and your body's in the same place, where you're not distracted by thoughts, where you're really in, focused on pleasure. And so she can't do anything about the setup, the before, the after, all that, but during the actual act, and it's going to take her a lot of effort, Right, is to really just try to turn her brain off, like turn off the, is this working? Isn't this working? And simply to say, I'm going to, this part is, I can't control this, right? So I'm just going to fully immerse in the sensations and enjoy this and sort of, you know, really sort of turn off my brain about what this is about and just focus on the pleasure. Um, That's one thing. And then you know, there's nothing wrong with trying some new interesting things that will make that more enjoyable, whether that's a new lubricant, um, certainly checking out any lubricant for its effect. Make sure, yeah, make sure it's not being counterproductive to what you're trying to do. Yes. But certainly a vibrator would not be counterproductive. Right you know, a new vibrator or, you know, a lot of times people like to like experiment with like a blindfold or something interesting like that. And that can also help one focus internally on the sensations. So I would say, or watch an erotic movie before read each other erotic stories, but you know, do anything you can to both spice it up. And then during the act really just Use mindfulness, immerse in this pleasurable sensations rather than the the thoughts about what this is about. Right. And I also think of to to build off of what you're describing on just the idea of how do you make the focus shift beyond just the intercourse too, to actually focus on the entirety of your sex life. Um, what jumps to my mind, Dr. Mintz, is this idea of have makeout sessions where there's not orgasm as a goal, where it is truly just a connection kind of like when you were dating and you have the opportunity to hold on. This is as far as we're going to go. And maybe that helps you create that edge or that anticipatory of, man, I can't wait till we can kind of follow this all the way through to the end of this. And maybe just a little times, cause that's the one thing. I don't know if you come across this with the students and the people you work with and the, you know, the, the reach that you have as a professor too, that it seems like all, as marriage goes on, couples stop just making out. Yeah. And it's funny that you mentioned that because that's a fantastic idea. And I actually have that in the my, my first book that we're talking about, that uh, A Tired Woman's Guide to Passionate Sex, that I really recommend that for women who have low desire. Right. Because what happens in long-term relationships, like we stop having any erotic touch, except when it's like, okay, now let's jump in bed and do this. And um, so that kind of warming up that kind of, I tell people like, just like you're saying, think about how fun it was to like make out in your parents' driveway when you couldn't, (laughs) you know, go farther and to incorporate that on an ongoing basis so that it, it 
kind of connects you again as a couple that's erotic, not just a couple trying to conceive. So I love that idea. Right. And I think you can even incorporate uh, situational to where um, it's, you know, if it, obviously if you're in your own home and, and you know, you're kind of a, both adults and you're living life and it's like, you know what, we have a whole lot more say on, there's nobody saying you can't go this far. There's no, I got curfew. I've got all these stringent things. But you could still have a time where, you know, you're at the mall and you get in the car to head home and you have a little makeout session in the mall parking lot. That kind of puts a little stricter of, ooh, hold on, there's a little more taboo riskiness. You know, and you also have, I'm not going to go too crazy. We're not going to get in trouble, quote unquote. But even if we do, as long as we're not lewd, you know, <laughs> we're we're probably all right. So let's yes. kind of spice it up a little bit this way. I think that is a fantastic idea. I'm glad you mentioned it. Okay. Excellent. Well, good. So anything else? Because this is, I mean, obviously this is one of those, there's not a quick fix like you're describing. And if either you or I, or, or even jointly could come up with a, here's the fix, you know, we'd be set because there's a lot of people trying, trying to find solutions for issues that are similar to this and then one-offs that, that can help. But is there anything else? Because she even mentions that I didn't mention this when we were when I was reading the email and setting it up that they try to keep the the interchange, the flirty, some of that going, which is important. But is there anything else that kind of comes to your mind that can be helpful? I think just you know, to me, I also think be gentle with yourself. Like if it works sometimes, and it's like, oh, this was really fun, even though it had a purpose. And if sometimes it was like, oh, that was awful, you know, it, <laughs> it, it, it felt like a chore. We were both distracted. Right. You know, be gentle with yourself. They're they're under a lot of stress, this couple. And, you know, do the best you can do. But don't beat yourself up and know that this is not a permanent right. Um, situation. Right. And, I, and what just jumped to my mind is the possibility of creating a little bit of a role play is if this is a scientific experiment, why not, what if you started the whole process with lab coats on (laughs) (laughs) that that it was like, you know, embrace it and see if, see if that helps at least alter the feeling right from the get go. And maybe that changes the dynamic. Who knows? Yeah. Or other kind of role plays. So anything to spice it up. And if it doesn't work again, so spice it up, out, you know, I think all that advice is that we've both come up with collectively is really good. And I certainly hope it helps this couple. I absolutely do too, because when you're talking about the different struggles that we have on, uh, of the whole sexual arena in marriage is these apply, I think, to a lot of different circumstances. It's not just when we're having trouble conceiving, because sometimes it can be, how do I break out of the rut? How do I, how do I transition to something different or spice it up or, Increased desire, which, how can they find you? How can people, the sex imagination that are listening to this, find you to get more? So you can find me on my website, www.drlaurimintz.com, L-A-U-R-I-E-M-I-N-T-Z, or my books, both Becoming Clitorate and A Tired Woman's Guide to Passionate Sex, are available wherever books, ebooks, yep. audio books are sold, Barnes & Noble, Amazon, indie books, so... Um, they can go right to those sources Good. as well. And I'll put all the links to everything we're talking about will be in the show notes at sexymarriage.net. So, Lori, thank you again and all the best on what you have coming up. Thank you. You too.
Well, Pam, it's hard to believe, but um, November's almost over. Christmas is almost here. <laughs> 2021 is almost over. Holy cow. 2020, we thought, was a blur with COVID. Yes. And 2021 is now almost gone. Well, it's been quite the year, and we hope that yeah. as members of the nation, um, you've been blessed. You've seen some good things. You've navigated this whole world of topsy-turvy, unknown are we back to normal? Are we not? What's the wave? Whatever. Well, and we hope more importantly, maybe this has been the opportunity like you've seen we have we've been able to do in large part of it's really helped us focus on what do we want to be about and and say no to other things more mm-hmm. and say and be r- real specific with our yeses. And that's really reaped a lot of rewards. And we hope to see that continue on. You just opened this can of worms at the end of the show because I feel like I'm not saying no very often. Can of worms opened. Join us next week when we call Pam out and take her to task on how does she not say no more often? (laughs) (laughs) Well, this has been Sexy Marriage Radio. Thanks for taking your time out of the day to spend it with us this week. And we can't wait to see you again next time.